Let's, uh, let's pray together. So God, this morning we want to, um, we want to hear from you. We don't want to just sing songs. We don't want to just hear songs. We don't want to just see a cool stage. We want something deeper, more permanent, more invasive to our lives than just another Sunday morning. And so, God, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would help us to grasp what you might be saying, and then can we step into it and change? So we ask you to help us with that, to be courageous about it. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so we're starting this series called, called Kryptonite. In case you don't know what Kryptonite is, it is the, the greatest uh, weapon against Superman. You knew that, didn't you, right? And it's Kryptonite. It's from his home planet. And that's, that's super, just so you know, that's Superman flying away from the Kryptonite, barely able to make it because of the Kryptonite there. So this, today's message, we're going to kind of go through a series where we leverage into learning a little bit from the superhero theme. But today's message um, is called Hidden Heroes. And I'm going to tell you right away what, what the thesis is. The thesis is that all of us can be heroic, that every single one of us is called before God to be heroic for God. And what I want to tell you is that between the superheroes, what they have to do, what we have to do, there's a lot of parallels. So, so let me just kind of start with what do the superheroes have to do in order to be superheroes? And the first thing they have to do, if you're a superhero fan, uh, by the way, how many of you are, like, you love those movies? You raise your hands if you go, I love those movies. How many of you go, man, I don't ever, ever want to see one of those movies. Not, I have no, zero desire, right? It's a split. It could be a fight. If you're a superhero person, those are your enemies. Now you know, I don't, no. It's a different enemy. All right, so, so here's the thing. Whether you like superheroes, I know you understand it. Um, the first thing a superhero has to do, though, is to, to, to identify and accept, embrace their true identity. Right? They got to go, um, I'm really not what you see. I'm more than, than what you see. So this guy, remember him? Yeah, Clark Kent. We don't see a lot of Clark anymore because all other superheroes are taking over um, the, the grounds. But he came out in 1939, right at the beginning of, of World War II. That's when he was invented. He, he's not real, just so we're on the same page, right? <clears throat> okay. And uh, how about this guy? Who's that? Bruce Wayne, right, or Batman. Both of them had to come to a point where they accepted the fact that I am Clark Kent, but I'm, but I'm Superman. And I am Bruce Wayne, but I'm Batman, right? Those are the two, because he has that deeper... Okay, moving on. All right, so here's the thing. They have to embrace their true identity. And here's the trick part to it. Superheroes don't grow up knowing they are super or heroes. Like, none of them grow up. They don't know it from the time they're born that they're going to be superheroes. Somewhere in their adolescence or maybe older on, things happen that all of a sudden they discover, I have this potential, right? So it's, it's, this makes great movies because they get to tell the origin stories. You know, before they were superheroes, who were they and how did they become superheroes? So you've got, you've got Batman, right? What was the event that caused him to start to engage in the, in the Batman theme? Do you know what it was? His parents were killed. His parents were both shot, and that created such rage inside of him. He didn't know what to do with it, and eventually kind of, he needed a lot of counseling, but it worked its way. It worked its way to becoming this Batman, which is, um, we'll talk about more, the darkest of them all. And Spider-Man, right? Just a confused teenager, only had dreams of being a photographer. He's a complete nerd, but then he gets bit by a radioactive spider because that happens. Right? And then he gets superpowers. He doesn't die like the rest of us would. He gets superpowers, and he can do whatever 
spider can or does Spider-Man kind of thing, right? Um, so he didn't. He wasn't always Spider-Man. Um, I just saw this movie, Wonder Woman. How many of you have seen this movie? Raise your hands. Right. You know, I got to tell you guys, this is the side of the room that doesn't go to these movies, and this is the side of the room that does, and I'm not sure why that is. But, yeah, I just saw this movie the other day. It's, it's, it's her origin. She's, she doesn't even know who she is or what she is. She's brought up on this island that's been cloaked by uh, Greek gods, Zeus in the past, and keeping this, this, all these women secret from the rest of the world. And they're all warriors, and, and she ends up being the warrior of them all kind of thing. And I'm not going to ruin the movie for it because I know you're dying to go see this movie. And, uh, but the bottom line to it is she, she has no clue who she really is, and the movie's about her discovering who she really is. And then there's this guy. Do you know who this guy is? I know this is a stretch for you. All right, yeah, yeah, a little slow, a little slow. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, right? If you're old, you know. If you're young, you might not know this guy. And he's, uh, he's, he, he went up in a, in a, I think it was a plane, if I remember this correctly, or a rocket, and he had radiation poisoning again. Is that what it was? And they all four of them land, and they have these special powers. And his is to reach out and scratch somebody behind the ear from a mile away, kind of he can stretch his arms way out. So I got one more for you. And um, just let it digest for a moment, and then we'll all, I'll say one, two, three, and then you, ant- you finish the sentence, okay? There's no need to fear. Yeah, and you know what? All of you who knew that, you're old. <laughs> right? Because last night, like, the younger people are like, I have no underdog. What are you talking about? You know? By the way, I want you to know that underdog isn't real. It's not real. Okay? The other ones, you know. But So one more little trivia. Let's see if you know this. What was the significance of his ring? Anybody remember that? Inside, he had an energy pill that gave him the superpowers. Do you understand what we were training our children for? <laughs> I mean, think about the implications of that. It's just like off the charts of this is, this is bad. And that's why, you know, there, I don't know the story. Before, he was just a puppy before he realized. All right, so here's the deal. They all have true identities, and they didn't grow up knowing that that was their identity, knowing their potential to be super or to be heroic. The cool thing is, when you look at the Bible, you find out that it's the same thing with our biblical heroes. They didn't, they didn't know that they would be biblical or heroes, right? I mean, they had no idea. They were just people, ordinary people. So when you start to review some of the people, I look at Scripture and I go, who are the heroes that just fly off the page? Well, one of them is Joseph, right? One of the two youngest sons, Right, of, of, and he's in the 12 tribes. His brothers all became the fathers of the 12. When we talk about the 12 tribes of, of Israel, Jacob, those are his sons. And everything is on them to reproduce and have children and all the whole thing. And, and they hate him. And they sell him, his little brother, this Joseph, they sell him into slavery. And then he ends up through lots of adventures, ending up in jail for a crime he didn't commit. You should read the Bible. It's such a cool story. And, and he's in jail. And he eventually... He ends up getting released and interpreting a few dreams for the Pharaoh, becomes the Pharaoh's right-hand man, and he saves all of Egypt, all of the countries around, and including his, all his brothers and his dad from starvation, right? And, and things get worse for Israel after that, but, but they were saved. The, the family line was preserved because of, because of he was just a kid in jail. He didn't know, he did not know when he was in that prison that that's what God was going to do, but he did trust God. Or how about Moses, right? Moses, Moses, from his perspective, and by the way, 
doesn't that look a little bit like Bruce Wayne? <laughs> anyway, it is the same actor. <clears throat> All right, so he's raised in Pharaoh's court from the time he's just a little, little baby. He has no idea that God is going to use him, you know, that, that eventually God's going to have this conversation. Not only did he not know it, but when it finally happened, he had that burning bush moment, he didn't want to be a hero. He didn't want, he goes, I can't, he goes, I don't have that power, I can't do that, I can't do this. And God goes, I'm, it's not about you, it's about me. I'm going to use you. Part of the reason I'm using you is because you can't do all those things. I like to use people who can't, right? And he picks him, which gives us all hope, right? Because we all think things we can't do. And he uses him to what? To, for in great Bible heroic moments, like crossing the Red Sea. Okay, now this next guy is just some kid in Israel holding a sheep. But he's symbolic of David because that's what David was. By the way, look at the size of those ears. You know, it's like, I didn't even know sheep could do that. How, how can they walk? They'll trip right over them. So anyway, this is just, that's how David grew up. David was just a kid in Israel raising sheep for the family. King, he later became the king. He had no idea. All he knew was he believed in God, trusted God. He fought lions and bears and trusted God for those things, killed things with his, his sling um, as he's protecting the animals. But he had no idea that he'd be a hero that would face Goliath, right? And it's kind of a cool superhero moment when you look at that because the, the enemy is so huge. Isn't that kind of what you need for a great superhero? You need a really big enemy? Well, there you go. You got one. And David has superior technology, right? And, well, he's kind of like Iron Man more than anybody else. And he, but he's trusting God and he, he slays Goliath. Now, let's go to the New Testament. The disciples, Peter... And, and all the fishermen, there's like six or seven of them probably that were fishermen, right? They were born in a fishing village. Their fathers fished. Their grandfathers, their great-grandfathers, they thought growing up they would just be fishermen, fish, 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 right, forever. That would be their thing. And their children, be, and they would inherit the business, and they would supply the villages around with fish. And then Jesus comes and calls them away from that and says, no, I, you guys are going to be heroes. He didn't use those words, but... That's what he's inviting them into. Peter, you're going to be the guy that really starts the church. And the church is never going to end. It's going to prevail against, against everything. And, and it's going to overcome hell itself. And so either, Peter had no clue. He was just living one day at a time, ordinary guy, just a fisherman. Right? And I think about, about Saul, who later became Paul. Right? Now, now Saul actually kind of maybe thought, had some heroic thoughts because he was defending the faith. Against what? The cult of Christianity because he didn't believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And so he was there for the, for the first martyr, Stephen. As everybody threw their stones, Saul is on the side going, good, good. He, he, scripture says he, he gave its blessing. He was there approving of the whole thing. Later on, Saul has his radioactive moment, only it wasn't radio, radiation, it was God. It was Jesus talking to him on the road. And he goes blind, and finally he gets to the city, and he he's, becomes Paul. He goes, You're, we're not going to call you Saul anymore. That's the guy who was destroying Christianity, chasing Christianity, hunting down Christians. From now on, you're going to be Paul. And Paul becomes this, he had no clue he's going to do this. He becomes a hero of the Bible, and he travels from Jerusalem. And all, look at the lines on there, by the way. All He did this by, there's no car Right? There's, 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 what, what do you got for a boat? What kind of waves are coming? He had several shipwrecks. He traveled all those places on different journeys. He planted churches everywhere from Jerusalem to Rome. Right? And eventually he died 
in Rome, and he became the great church planter. I mean, without, without Paul, Christianity would, might just hang out in Jerusalem in the area for a lot, lot longer, but he exploded it across the Roman Empire. Right? And he also ended up writing more than half of our New Testament. And he had no clue what a hero he was going to be, what God had called him to. See, this is it's true of all heroes. You don't, heroes don't know. Heroes aren't aware of, of the fact that they could be heroes. Heroes in the Bible didn't know, and heroes in our mythical fairy tales, you know, that we go see at the movies or read in comic books, they all have those origin stories they don't know. And my point is, we do too. Right? Inside of you, no matter what you've heard in your life, God says there is a hero. There's someone who can engage. You're more than you think you are. There's a true identity in each of you that you may not be aware of, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Let me go on to the second thing that heroes must do. First of all, they must embrace their true identity, and then they have to discover and develop their unknown powers. Right? So I watched Wonder Woman the other day. I already um, confessed that sin, and... um, so Wonder Woman is growing up just from the time she's little, right, in, on, this, on this hidden island and with these warrior, they're Amazon warrior women, and they're training her. The, the biggest trainer is her aunt. And her aunt knows Diana because they didn't call her Wonder Woman as a child. The aunt, the aunt knew Diane, I think it's Diana, um, would grow up to be far more than she knew she could be. And so as they're training her physically, they would knock her to the ground and these incredible sword moments and acrobatic moments, and she'd fall on the ground and her aunt would go, Diana, get up, right? You are stronger than you think. And here's what, here's what her aunt knew. She had abilities that Diana didn't know about. She was, she was of substance that Diana didn't know about. She was stronger than she could, and you have to go see the movie to understand all this, but but Diana didn't know who she was. She didn't know her abilities. She didn't know her strength. And she was discovering them, and her aunt was helping her develop them. Right? And so there's, what I want to say is it's the same, same for us. We have to figure out, embrace our true identity, and then we have to discover, the Bible actually says you have these unknown powers and abilities. Right? And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 12. He gives insight into our potential. Right? He gives insight into what, we were created for, what we could be, what we could do. And, he, and he's kind of saying, so come on. Come on, you're stronger than you think. Come on, do these things, engage in them. Let me read you the verse and we'll go through them together. Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says, in his grace, right? It's like saying, because God loves you, because he's good, in his grace, freely he gives you these things. God has given us different gifts and abilities, right, for doing certain things well, right? Now, not everybody gets the same thing. Everybody's a little bit different. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, to speak out truth, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Right? I mean, if you know right from wrong and the truth and it's the right time and you have that gift, come on, speak it out. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Right? If you're a teacher, teach well. Now, just one point here to be made. All of us are called to do all these things. Right? Some. But... A few of these things, or maybe even one of these things, is going to be like, you know what? That's kind of my superhero power. That's, that's my power from God. That's my ability from God. It's, it's, I can lean into that a little bit more than the other ones. Right? So mine is sarcasm. Um, not in Bible. I was just being sarcastic. All right. So, but if you're serving, you have the gift of just helping others. 
without holding a grudge, without keeping a score, and you can do that, the Bible goes, do it. God says, do it. I created you for that. If you're a good teacher, teach well, which brings up another point. Is Sometimes it's like, well, I don't know what mine is. You know what you do? You, you start to listen to other people a little bit. You go, uh, hey, what do you think I'm good at? And I'm not looking for you to stroke me. I'm actually just trying to discover my superpowers. Just tell people that when you talk to them. I don't know what my superpower is. So what am I, what am I really good at? What kinds of things am I, am I good at? And they'll give you feedback. You know, here's the fact. Apparently, and this is going to sound arrogant, I have a gift for teaching. Right? That sounds arrogant when you say it. And this is one of our problems, by the way, because if we embrace our gifts and own them, it can sound arrogant. And by the way, it can be arrogant. It depends on the spirit that it's, that it's done in. But I'm telling you this. If people hadn't come alongside me and said, you know what, Doug, i got to tell you, the light bulbs came on for me today. Everything you, have you been sneaking looking in my bedroom window at night because you know what I'm doing and you're talking about things that really matter and and. You know, I've, I've heard that story up ten times and I've never really understood. Those kind of comments come back to me and, and it's sort of like, hey, Doug, you should do this a little bit more. You, 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 God's using you in this way. And all of us know it started with God's grace he has given us. It's not us. Here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need any of us to do anything. But he wants us. And I love that about God. He's kind of like, you know, like the dad who's going to go out and cut wood, and he goes, hey, son, come along. Can I promise you, can I promise you, your, your dad not only doesn't need you to help cut the wood with him, you are going to slow down the wood-cutting process, <laughs> right? I mean, it's going to be, when you're little, and he's going to come on, he just wants to involve you and train you and teach you, and it's part of a loving dad thing. Let's go do some stuff that you are no good at yet, and you're actually going to be kind of a bothersome trouble having you along but I'd rather do it with you than without you. And I think that's what God invites us to in, in this world. So if your gift is serving others, come on, serve them well. And, and if, you're, if, if you're a teacher, find a place, in our, we're all teachers, but find a place in our, where you can start to leverage that gift a little bit. If your gift is to encourage others, that actually means to put courage in other people, to help them. There, there are some people like, they get cancer, they get sick, they're down, they go through a hard time, and there are people who have the gift of encouraging them. And it doesn't mean they make them feel better, it means they make them feel strong enough to face what they have to face, to go through the next chapter they have to go through. Nobody can make everybody feel good, and if they did, it'd be lying to them. Right? I mean, if you get cancer, you got cancer. What you need is courage. What you need is hope. What you need is people to go through it with you. You don't need to feel better about having cancer. You probably won't. Hey, you know what? After you visited me, I just feel really good about this cancer thing. No, it's not going to happen. And, and, but, but to put courage in other people, that's awesome. That's an awesome thing. If it is giving, give generously, right? There's, there's people, we're all called to give. Let's be, we're all called to give. Okay, so that's clear. Some of us are called to give in extraordinary ways, right? And, and that's awesome because usually those people are the people that God blesses financially in extraordinary ways as, as well. But they were always extraordinary givers. God just wants to leverage that gift in their life, so they give them more. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. You know what I think taking it seriously means for all these gifts? Develop it. Practice it. Do you know how leaders become good leaders? They lead in really sucky ways to start with. Somebody trusts them, and they start trying stuff, and they learn from falling and learn from failing, but they learn. 
and they become better and better leaders, and there's some aptitude. So how do you do that? You go, well, I don't know if I'm going to, I'd like to be a leader. I think I might be, you know, that could be my thing. Lead something. Volunteer for something. Give, and you might know, by the way, most leaders have ideas of things they'd like to do. There's, they self-lead first, and then people start to follow them. By the way, you know if you're a na- natural leader, because I think leadership is complicated, but natural leaders, they look over the shoulder and they go, where do those people come from that are following me? And doing what I'm doing, I want to be a, a part of it. But if you have the gift of leadership, for the, so many people are depending on you to actually lead. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, and this is okay, the proverbial grandma, right? Oh, she's just so kind. But but it's all of us. If you have the gift for being kind, don't ever quit that. Do it gladly. Don't stop. We need you. Right? Because people who teach and lead are pushing all the time. And someone's got to come behind them and go, it's okay. I'm kind. I know Doug didn't mean to hurt you when he said that. You know, he's just trying to get us somewhere. Now, let me just put a, 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 this is for free, but I think it could be helpful. And I think it's important. Okay? If you are single, you can do it and nobody's ever going to object. Right? You can do all your gifts. You can just go for it because you don't need permission from anybody. If you're married... Don't get in the way. Part of the reason God has given you that spouse is for you to release them into the thing, tell them what they're good at, tell them their gifts, and go, I, honey, I want you to use it. And here's where it gets awkward. It will cost you for them to use their gifts. It will cost you, right? I mean, the most obvious one is, I'm married to somebody who has a gift of giving. I earn it, and they give it all away. All right? And, and, and so there should be some conversations. It should be wise, right? I want you to use your gift. I want you to give. But, honey, we still got to eat here, you know, because they're just so excited about giving. They forget about home. Um, but it's the same thing with, with, hey, I want you to teach. You know, the, the hours that Lori releases me and never complains, right? The phone rings in the middle of the night. I'm on the phone for two hours. By the way, this is okay. If it's worth two hours, call me, right? It's no problem. But she's like, I know this is what God has called you to do. I do not begrudge that. But there are times where I go, click, it's off, and I'm going to spend my time with my wife so it's un- uninterrupted, right? And, and, but she has to release me because if she was always complaining about it, I couldn't even do this, what I do. And I promise you, if your spouse is always complaining about when you use your gift, it will stop you from using your gift freely, and you won't become the superhero God has in mind for you to be. And so that's just a hus- You are for each other, encouraging each other, and the most important thing is being released to honor God together. All right, so let me just show you one more verse as it relates to this. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's writing again, and he's making this point. Even though we have separate gifts and different gifts, one gift is not better than the other because this is what's happened in the Corinthian church. They go, well, you got that gift, so you must be really important. You got that gift, oh, so you're not so important. And, and the point is, no, 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 no. We're one body in many parts. Here's what he says, verse 4 in chapter 12. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. We just talked about that, but the same spirit, God, is the source of all of them, right? So so how can we take any credit and how can we put more importance on one over the other when God's just giving them as he wants to, not because we're qualified. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord, right? God works in different ways, but he is the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to us so that we can help each other, right? So, so when we discover gifts and someone's got a great gift, whatever that is, we should all be cheering. We shouldn't be jealous. But I find myself being jealous sometimes, right? Well, what do I mean? 
Did you catch how Daniel moved from one song to the other this morning? Right? From, it was seamless. It was, he's playing the piano. He's transitioning from one key, I think, to another. I don't, I'm not even sure, right? So to me, that's a superpower. Because I can't do it. I have no, I can't even clap in rhythm. You do not want to stand near me when we're singing. We pay people to sit right behind me at, at church because of my singing. Because I don't have that superpower. He does. The, they do. Right? And, and what we try to do is make sure people without the superpower aren't on the stage. Because <laughs> that's important, you know, to everybody. And, and, and people in the nursery have superpowers. I mean, everywhere in the, in, in the church. But sometimes, you know, I grew up wishing I could do those things. And it was so sad when I found out there's no hope. <laughs> and there's not because I can't develop it. He, I'm sure he practices and trains and all those things to develop that gift, but there is something just raw inside of him that's, that's his gift. Now, if I live a jealous life of those people, I can't have a relationship. You can't have a good relationship with somebody you're jealous of. It starts to divide the body. We stop being a team. And, and so whatever our gifts are, we've got to leverage into them for the, for the sake of the whole body because God gave that. Aren't we all blessed when everybody's using their gift, no matter where it is? It, it does something for all of us. All right, so it's true for you too. It's true. You are stronger than you think. Life is going to knock you down. There's going to be challenges. You are stronger than you think you are. You are more gifted than you think you are. Right? You, you just are. You just, you just don't know it. And I'm not saying it's going to be the gift that you even want. Maybe I'm jealous of that gift. I want that. Well, I don't get to play the piano. You may not get that either. Right? But, but you're more gifted than you think you are. But no one is more important. I don't know if I put that right. We are one. Yeah, it's a comma there or something. We are one. We're one body. No one's more important than the other person. We're all just here by God's invitation. God could do this whole thing without us. We're all the little kid going with to cut wood that we're just going to get in his way, but he wants to do it through us and with us instead of without us. Now, here's what I really want you to catch for everybody here. You right now have everything you need to serve God well today. You may not have everything you need to serve him well tomorrow because today could be a training day, a developmental day. But you have everything you need today to, to go to bed tonight and for God to think, well done. What a great day you had today. Thanks for doing your life with me. Thanks for letting me use you and leverage your gifts. Every single person in this room has everything you need to have God at the end of the day to say, well done. And at the end of your life to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's my dream. Scripture talks about this. That, hey, when we stand before God, I just want to hear, way to go, kid. Way to go. All right? So we embrace our true identity. We discover and develop our unknown powers. This is what every superhero has to do. And then finally, we we give ourselves to a great purpose, something bigger than us. In fact, all the superheroes did this, right? Um, truth, justice, and the American way. Who was that? That was Superman. That was his slogan. That's what he was pouring. My great cause is truth, justice, and the American way. And it, it sounds very noble, but one thing I noticed about Superman, if that was his cause, why was he always saving Lois Lane? Over and over, it's like, he could have just put Lois and Lois Lane up there would have been good too, all right? Whose great cause, and it's not great like in a moral sense, but just a big cause, 
was vengeance. Batman, yeah. It, it, it was Batman. Batman's parents got murdered, right? So he had all this rage inside of him, and it, it, it ends up leading to Batman, and he still, that's why I say he needs counseling, he still hasn't got over his issues. Batman's the most dark and complicated of all the superheroes in my, in my world, right? But, but his vengeance is against injustice. He just needs to turn that, eventually, he needs that counseling to turn it into something more positive and less dark someday. Whose great purpose is peace on earth? Let me give you a hint. It wasn't Miss America, all right? <laughs> Who, whose great mission was peace on earth? No. Well, maybe, I don't know. Right. It was Wonder Woman. That's how she ends the movie. I just saw it. I know all about Wonder Woman, right? Her great cause, and she just wants to be bringing peace on earth. This seems a little bit beauty pageant-ish. So, but that's a good cause. So in the same way, these are the three things we have to do. We... We've got to engage in our true identity, embrace it. We need to discover our known, unknown powers and develop them. But we need a purpose worthy to give our lives to. So, so where do we pour it? Where do we invest? I, I'm so tired, and aren't you, of just living to feel better? Uh, living to be more comfortable? Living to just give it to my kids? I'm so sick of that. No, <laughs> it's okay. You know, I mean, that's not... That, I mean, I, yes, I love my kids. Yes, I want them to do well on their own. I want them to learn that part of it. And someday when I die, they'll get a little slice. Okay, that's fine. But that's not my reason for living. That's not my great cause. You know, and, and, and so the cool thing is, I think Paul reveals to us all these puzzle pieces coming together in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not showing you all the verses 1 through 20. Paul drifts off into a couple little side things that we don't need to engage in right now. They're not bad. They're good. They're, you can read it for yourself later on. But in this, I kind of think he reveals how to live as a superhero. So here's what he says. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. You know what that is? That last part, you are his dear children? That's your true identity. That's, God, come on, let me tell you who you really are. You're not Saul, you're Paul. You're not Simon, you're Peter. Right? You're not just a little shepherd boy. You're going to be the king. I'm going to use you in ways you can't even imagine. And I want you to, to embrace it. I want you to live according to your true identity. Your true identity, if you accept my invitation, your true identity, the person you were created to be is just to be my kid first and foremost. That you are a child of God. This is what every single, I believe, every single person in this room is created to experience, to know. So that Jesus said, you know, how to pray? How do we pray? Jesus' disciples are asking him, and he goes, hey, start with this. Dad, Heavenly Father. Because I want you to know that you're praying to your Heavenly Father. Know that you are a child of God. This is all about your identity when you pray that kind of prayer. So he starts off and he says, hey, embrace that. You are children of God. This is your identity. Live a life filled with love. Why? Because you're children of God and you're following the example of Christ. Do you remember Christ's love? He, he loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. By the way, I think Jesus is the exception of all the superheroes you could think of or heroic. He knew from the beginning exactly who he was. 
and it took him all the way. There was nothing for him to discover about himself. He knew. And he, he never, when you read, you just go, man, he, he knew. At 13 years old, he wanders away and ends up in a synagogue, and his parents can't find him. And he says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? He knew who he was at 13. Nobody knows who they are at 13. But Jesus did, right? So pleasing in Rome, we're supposed to... We're supposed to copy that example. For once you were full of darkness. We're full of darkness you couldn't see, didn't know right from wrong, you were, you were lost. But now you have light from the Lord and you can see. So live as people of, of light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. By the way, if you want to know how you're doing in your Christian walk, let me ask you this. Do you sense that you're growing in your desire to do what is good, right, and true. And if that's not true for you, if you don't sense, you know, things that never bothered me before, now I just can't live like that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of living that old way. I want to live a new way. If that's not true for you, if you don't feel that little, that little angst inside of you about those things, then I think that's indicative of maybe a spiritual problem going on in your life. You need to embrace something more. and something. It, That should be happening as you know God and follow God, there should be, I want to become, I've got this light, I want to live according to that, not according to, to other stuff I got inside of me. And, and then there's an enemy that even trying to put more darkness into our lives. We don't talk a lot about that, but every hero has enemies. And we do too. He goes on, he says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You know what that to me is? That's the mission. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. We have the ability to honor and to please God. I, I, if I was God, you would all be irrelevant. Right? I wouldn't, you couldn't honor me. You couldn't please me. I just wouldn't care. You're, you're this. I'm this. Right? And, but God goes, no. I'm so invested. I'm so in tune with you. What you do matters to me. How you live matters. How you love matters to me. And Paul says, so here's the mission, guys. It's not to go change the world, although the world will change. It is to honor and to please God. That is mission number one. Underneath that will come other things, including help change the world. But to honor and to please God is the mission. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. We're not going to unpack that right now, but it's kind of, I mean, I want the wise way, not like a fool. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I mean, I just picture Superman sitting on his couch, big beer belly, you know, can of beer over here, TV's on. And, and, and he looks at you and he goes, what? You can't do that. Why not? Because you're Superman. You're supposed to have your, your, like, your fancy hearing, your, your x-ray eyes, and all your strength, and all your mind. You're supposed to go out and do something. I am doing something. I'm watching this show. It's a good sitcom, right? No, you can't do that. You're Superman. What is it? We want him to make the most of every opportunity. We want him to pay attention. We want him to be Superman if there was such a thing. And, and God says, come on. Don't, don't give your life to those other things. Live wisely. Make the most of every opportunity. Be the person that you're... Be my kid. Live the life I have for you. And then he gives a warning. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. You know what he's saying here? There's kryptonite that can destroy you. There's kryptonite that can ruin the whole heroic mess, mission that you're on. One of them is alcohol has that potential, 
right? The rest of this series, we're going to talk about kryptonites that can undo everything we're talking about this morning, that can prevent us from being the heroes that God has called us to be, right? And we're not really going to talk about alcohol too much, but, but you get the idea. Instead, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, suck in the God stuff. Suck it in, let it transform you, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so those are the three things. You gotta, if you want to be the hero God has made you to be, you have to embrace your true identity, which is what? You're a child of God. How do I embrace that? It's by coming to God and saying, God, I'm, I don't feel like your child. I feel like a lost, sinful person. And he goes, yeah, I know. That's why I died on the cross for you. And if you just ask me, you can be in the family. I'll adopt you because I've already done the paperwork. I've already paid the price. And you come and you say, God, okay, I need your forgiveness. I'm full of darkness. I need your light. I'm, I don't want to do this world without you. I want to be involved in all the things you're doing, but I need this relationship with you where I get to call you dad. That's embracing being a child of God. You start to live that way, right? And then you get to embrace the great purpose. And, you know, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live to honor and to please God, number one. And then I'm going to try to figure out what that means and what it looks like. And here's the good news. It, it means a lot of good things for you. It's a better life to seek and honor God than it is to, to dishonor him and to ignore God. It's just a better life. He has, he's your loving father. He's got good things for you. He's not out to destroy you. He's out to, but he is out to make your life worth every minute you're alive. He is out to say, come on, let's do this together. I can do it without you, but I'd rather do it with you. And then, and then you start to go, okay, so I need to discover and develop those unknown powers, those gifts, and start to use them. And I'm going to fall and stumble. God, help me remember that I'm stronger than this. I'm more gifted than this, and that you're going to use me as I, as I develop these abilities. This is the Christian life. You're called, all of us are called to be what we're not yet in Christ. To be, to be heroes, and we don't get uniforms, and we don't puff out our chests, because it really starts with being a servant and being humble, because we all realize that anything we do, God could have done easily without us. I'm a superhero God. He goes, oh, really? <laughs> uh, not so super, right? But I'm still going to use you, kid. You are my hero every time you engage with me, every time you obey me, every time you love another person and love me. All right, so next week we'll continue. Let's pray. God, I want to give a moment just to be quiet for some of us because maybe this is all just new to us. And this idea that we have a true identity that, that I'm not just Doug as a teenager who's confused and wandering around, the person who's selfish and self-seeking, the person who's arrogant, but who's scared inside. But I'm your kid. And you're with me all the time. And maybe there's some of us who need to turn to you today and just say, Father, I, I want that light. I want that forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. God, I want to know you as my Father. And God, there's some of us here, I think, who... We've never given our lives. We've never been all in when it comes to you. 
We've been all in for ourselves. I can speak, I know what that is. The kingdom of Doug versus the kingdom of God. Help us to give ourselves fully. Help that single purpose to drive everything we do in our lives and for everything to flow from our desire and our relation, to honor you in our relationship with you. And then, God, there's some of us who've heard over, the story, over and over and over again in so many different ways, at work, in our families, at school, that we're not gifted, that we're not enough. And we start to believe it. And we're not sure that we have anything to offer you, and yet you say you, we, we do. Because you gave us the gifts. And we have everything we need to hear well done at the end of this day. Help us to embrace it, to chase it, to live it, and to sleep well. In Christ's name, amen. All right, see you next week, I hope.